You're listening to the Sunnyside Podcast Show with me, Scott. Me, Ron. <laughs> me, PJ. Cue the music. Keep on Sunnyside, always on. Sponsored by Fuel. Mm. It puts a pep in your talk. <laughs> it, it fires you up. It it, 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 it it gives rage to the savage ego. It makes you a bit sleepy and tired. PJ's just full of beans because he's had nobody to talk to for like two weeks or however long it's been. Since, I am not full since of Since people discovered what talking to PJ is like. I'm not full of beans because I've been working all day. No, au contraire. I'm pretty sure 90% of Fuel is beans. So you are full of beans. It's peas. He's taking another swig. Are peas and beans different things? Yeah. Are they? One's Uh, a legume. Which one's a legume? Peas are legumes and beans are beans. Oh, I thought beans were legumes. Mm -mm. And now I'm doubting myself, actually. (laughs) Come back for more on legume chat. I know a peanut is a legume. Is it? Oh, well, yeah, I suppose yeah. it's like when you think about it, I suppose it is. Yeah, peanut's not really a nut. Some of these food categories yeah, don't make any sense whatsoever. Eh, well, then you tell it to all those allergic children. Strawberry's not a berry. Yep, yep. That's it. I feel other podcasts have covered this ground very well. I mean, in the sense that they haven't covered it at all. So, how are you doing? Ron, you're house hunting? I'm house hunting, not because I'm getting kicked out or anything, but just because... Well, now you've like- said that. I feel, <laughs> I feel like I feel like now you've said that that sounded. No one was suspecting it was because you were getting kicked out. No one thought that. Nobody was going. Is Ron getting kicked out of his house because I haven't seen much of him lately? I, well, I, mean, I think it was just the use of the of the you know the hunting verb you know in there because it sort of makes everyone, it sound like when you go looking for a house, you're house hunting. You're not like house guess, passively yeah. waiting for it passing by and then taking a pot shot as it goes. It's like you're hunting for a house. Be very, yeah, very quiet. I am hunting for houses. But not with any sort of level. That was terrible, Elwood. That was an <laughs> awful, awful impression. Be very <laughs> quiet. The weather went away. It went from Elmer Fudd to kind of slightly German. <laughs> yeah, you sound like <laughs> yeah, you're reading Gestapo. German expressionist Elmer Fudd. It's because because I think when I got to the word houses, I tried to introduce the speech impediment and then panicked when I realized there was no R in the word houses. So it became kind of, I've got to find a way into the, anyway, anyway. So, right, so you're hunting houses. Yeah, I'm just looking at houses at the minute. I've, I've, I've seen a few that I like, but it's, uh, it's well, sort of I mean, an it's easier. Thing. It should be easier now because stamp duty's reduced to night. It? So it, in I'm theory, a first-time buyer. I was never going to be paying stamp duty anyway. Oh, so. right. So that makes it, yeah. I mean, but does it not make the houses cheaper with stamp duty? No, I suppose your well, stamp duty buyer. doesn't go to the, go to the seller. No, stamp, so. stamp duty was an, ad- was an addition to your ah, the cost of the house. So, I mean, are you, like, if someone said, here's a house here and it's uh, within, I don't know, 170000 I think is sort of around your budget, isn't it? It's about that. I mean, listeners must um, realise this. Let's not get a bit, a bit too personal about Ron's financial status. But the man's, that's a house. I mean, that's sort of the price of houses, isn't it? I mean, that's that's neither good nor well, bad. there that's are like, houses at that price. A, that there are houses that are much, much more expensive. And yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. not looking at the much, much more expensive ones. 
<laughs> yeah, that's. I mean, that's not like that's not like me saying what's your financial income for the year or anything. That's like well, you can pretty much work out his financial income from the year by the fact that he's able to afford a hundred and seventy thousand pound house. No, well, I mean, me, no, I don't think so. It I'm used to be. I, a, I, I think I think we look at me in five years' time and see if I can afford a hundred and seventy thousand pound house. <laughs> I mean, once upon a time, people were going mad buying houses way outside their budget range, and 176,000 was outside my budget range like 10, 10 years ago or something. But now it's become that seems to be about a sort of average, not average, but that seems to be a reasonable amount to spend on a house. But okay, let's yeah. let's forget the I, numbers. I, I think I think anyone who's listening in England would be you know, would have. Yeah, um, they'd go. What a, this, a, is, a, this is a seriously skewiff idea of what the housing market is like in Northern Ireland. Because well, no, um, I mean, like they're Su- thinking, Susie's they're... sister, you know, looked at the price of houses that we were looking at, and she was just like, "That's amazing! How can you get a house for that?" <laughs> you know, a, yeah, a, a, you know, you're talking about seventy, eighty thousand pound more for the same house where she lives. You know, and it's, I saw. Uh, did you see there was an advert? Um, somebody posted on Twitter. It was a, a studio apartment in London. That amounted to one room not much bigger than my living room with a toilet and a shower unit and a kitchen all within that one room and it was two hundred thousand. Oh yeah. I mean like there's there's a there's there's a Twitter account dedicated to I think Dublin landlords and it's it's just all these just a stream of endless hovels that are being charged ridiculous <laughs> rents in Dublin. So if if you find somewhere could you could you get up and go, right, we've got our deposit together, we can get going now? Or would yeah, you have yeah, to kind of much. really? I mean, it's just uh, so it's really sitting, good. Sitting... You're in a really good position then. Yeah, it's, it's just sort of been piling up for a while, sitting there, and now I'm kind of you know looking around. I mean, I mean the, part of this is brought on by an element of necessity in that mm. I, I'm getting to a certain age where if I want to get a yeah. a mortgage of twenty five or thirty years, you know, they're going to be looking at me going, "Well, you know, what's what's left in this fat <laughs> fuck?" <laughs> you know? You'll be wandering in, and they'll be going, "Do you know what, sir?" I don't think you'll make it six years. <laughs> Can you clear this in five? Yeah. <laughs> You'll be going, I'm looking for a 25-year mortgage. They're going, I think maybe five year might be quite good for you. If you can go for it. <laughs> look, uh, look, mate, I'm going to say 18 months to 24. <laughs> <laughs> but that, so to give people a sense of scale, right? So say 150,000, what does that buy you in Northern Ireland? It depends oh, where you want to live. Yeah, if you want to yeah. live in Belfast, in Belfast, um, in the Greater Belfast area, one hundred and fifty thousand doesn't get you an awful lot. No, no. Um, if you want to live in, you know, if you if you want to step like twenty miles outside Belfast, one hundred and fifty thousand gets you quite a lot. It's, yeah, you know, there's there's a there's a there's big a house. That, you know? There's a house that is up. It, it comes up. I guess been on twice that we've seen, which is out in in a skilling direction. And it's a, a converted uh, church, an old converted church. Mm. I think it's five bedroom. I know what you're talking about. It's in Newry. I bet you I, I, I even know who used to live in that. Oh, really? Yeah, I think Matt might have lived in there. Because I remember Matt lived in a big old converted church once upon a time. No, well, this is like... No, a, well, I this the is one Scott's talking about is, on the, is near the border in Newry. Uh-huh. And it's it's you, you can kind of... Basically, the whole living area is the church, and then you can get up into like yeah. the the uh, the raised areas of the bedrooms. You look down into the living area, yeah. And I think it's yeah, like it's like, it's like a grand, grand design, ridiculously low like that. Yeah, mm. it's like a grand designs type house. Like it's beautiful, and it was so affordable. I genuinely thought 
I wonder what the commute from Enniskillen or wherever the fuck it was. <laughs> I wonder if I could commute. Yeah, um, you can get because you can get. I worked very... out in Enniskillen for for I don't know four months or something. And as you're driving around, you're looking and just you, you can see what not being in a in a hub city can get you because mm. you you could you know yeah. for 170,000 um you know 40 you, miles you can get a five Belfast. bedroom detached house and 100 for 170 grand in yeah with in with, you know, with a nice size garden and you know probably no internet mm. yeah but um so i mean yeah that that's sort of the price range that i'm looking at in and i'm looking in various sort of towns around belfast and not in belfast itself mm. Um, so I've been looking in Saint Field recently, which is kind of near to where I grew up, and uh, yeah, there's there's some nice things out there. Uh, I'm very picky, so <laughs> yeah, I I I genuinely think my me I'll be the last of my generation living in Belfast of Holstons. I think after 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 this because this the apart the flat that we're in is a lease we we own the lease right, which means that you buy it for ninety nine years. And that's it. It's yours for 99 years. After 99 years, you hand it back to the housing executive and they go, thanks very much. But the, the, the upside of that is the mortgage is, is like dirt cheap. So our mortgage was 30 grand when we got it. So we're, you know, we're paying 100. I love telling the people from England this. They go, How much is your mortgage? He goes, 140 pounds a month. They go, what the? What? Which is the only reason I can afford to be a comic artist is my mortgage is so low. But we don't own the flat. So after, you know, and, and when you first get it, you think 100 years, that's a long time away. And then you end up having kids and you realize, well, 100 years is two and a half, two, three generations, maybe. It's not that long. And and by the time you get so to wait, the what, second generation. Hmm? What happens if you want to move? If I want to move, I can sell it, but but basically I'm selling the remainder of the lease. So if I want to oh, sell right, right. now, we've been here, I don't know, we've been here 15 years or something. So if I go to sell it, it would be no longer 99 years. It suddenly is now, um, what do you call it, um, 85, 84 or something. Uh, and the thing is, it means it unusually, it, it's a house that devalues over time, whereas other houses would increase in value. I mean, it's the weird thing is, as the housing market increases, this increases just by being part of that, but it actually decreases because the amount of years you can buy it for decreases. So okay. th- yeah. there comes an inflection point where you're you're literally losing money on it. It's like if I sold if we sold this flat now and the next person to own it sells it after twenty years, that that person after that is just gonna lose money, you know. So it's okay to buy it to live in it as a rental accommodation or as an alternative to rent. Because you can you can be here for a while and just get you know uh, pay your rent or pay dirt cheap rent effectively and and then move on. But um, we made the mistake of staying and <laughs> staying forever. We should have sold it when the market was good and and moved on. But like we were going to sell this is a really boring podcast. We were going to sell it in two thousand and eight just before the housing market collapsed. Um, and I was working I was working chest heart stroke charity and I was talking that I had no sense of money right. So I I'm 
I don't trust anything about money because I don't understand any of it. And it's only now that I'm older that I've realized that nobody understands any of it. Everyone's riding a surf wave that nobody understands the physics of. So, uh, you know, but braver people than me go and ride that surf wave. In the meantime, I'm standing back going, I don't even understand how boats float. So I'm not getting in the sea, you know, the hell with that. So um, I, t- I talked to our financial director and he was going, I don't understand the housing market. It's gone up in price. And I'm going, he's this guy's really clever and he knows about money and he doesn't know what's going on with the housing market I, 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 I'm, it's scaring me I don't want to go anywhere near buying a house and right enough um, they ended up like nosediving not long after we were looking mm. and we hadn't sold of course my brother sold his, uh, his flat at the height of the market he bought his flat same as us and you got a discount if you buy, your, if you buy a housing executive you get a discount so you got a big discount. We got a big discount. And if you sell it within a certain time period, you have to pay back a chunk of the discount. And he sold it within that time period. And I was going, you idiot, you could have, should have held on to that. But he, it turns out he sold it just as the thing, the market reached the height. And so he sold it at double the amount he bought it for and made a massive profit. And, and the market just nosedive. And those, I think the amount he sold it for now, 10 years later, is only, we're only just nudging back up towards that a little bit and I like mm. 10 years later so that's mad I just don't understand the housing market but now I've got kids and, and the big thing is the kids like here they like this place they don't want to move anywhere else and we're like going well, I don't know if we can afford anywhere how can we get somewhere and stuff um, and I even like 170 seems to be sort of average you know medium to average mortgage amount and uh, I keep looking at it thinking that seems like a lot of money but that's because my mortgage is 30 grand <laughs> it's like it seems like a lot. 176. I couldn't afford. We can we can barely get by on our mortgage, and it's only 30. What's going on? So anyway, anyway, that's the mortgage chat done. That's the mortgage yeah. segment of the show. You've been uh, listening to know, Right to Buy. Don't know, don't know if we're almost finished with the mortgage section of the show. Oh well, okay. Ron. Look, uh, look, I, I, I'm not really. I don't really much much to say about it because I haven't got a mortgage right now. You know, I've got a mortgage yeah. approved. But what are you um, looking I, for in a house, Ron? I mean, you're looking for a little studio space, a little yeah, podcasty space. space. Like I was looking at houses that had like five bedrooms. Um, <laughs> that seems extreme. That seems like a lot. I mean, everyone was saying that to me, but I thought, well, if I had five rooms, I mean, five bedrooms, you can kind of carve two of those out for doing like anything you want on them, you know. And and you know, then you've got you still got three bedrooms when, in the house. That's when I moved into that. this flat, which was three bedrooms, my brother lived here for initially and he was on his own and he lived here with three bedrooms. One of the bedrooms, the largest of the three bedrooms, was for the cat. The entire room was for one cat. Uh and that that seems like a bad way to go. When my dad was growing up, my uh my granny was the cleaner in a um a series of flats that if you were to look at for anybody that isn't uh, from Belfast or from Northern Ireland, you're not going to know what the fuck I'm talking about. But if you were to look at the front of Castle Court to the right mm-hmm. where like JD Sports and stuff or JB mm-hmm. Sports and stuff is all right the way along there, she cleaned the offices. Mm-hmm. So she was, the, right, she was yeah. the cleaner. She would come in at night whenever, after everybody had gone and cleaned, cleaned the place. And uh, part of that job meant that you got to live there. So they got the entire nice. top. Floor. They got the entire top floor of uh, of this place. It had twenty six rooms. Isn't that isn't that the plot of Magnum? I don't know. <laughs> Magnum looked. I mean, look so, at. Are you just bringing Magnum up because you're dressed like Magnum? 
No, I'm bringing well, it's genuinely the plot of Magnum. Magnum had the, had the run of a mansion in Hawaii because the boss was away, you know, jet setting, and all he had to do was look after it. Him and the housekeeper were looking. Well, so that wasn't his Ferrari. That wasn't his Ferrari. All of that stuff about <laughs> his boss. Did you uh, know okay. that? that is, well, I've never watched it. What? No, I've never watched it either. Oh well, I forget how young you um, two are sometimes. So they had, well, had twenty six rooms. I, I, I assumed that a lot of the show was based on the sex appeal of Tom Selleck. You see, so. yeah. Well, it's his, his moustache. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. Twenty six rooms, uh, and my dad's my dad's pet mouse had its own room, <laughs> uh, and that was the only <laughs> reason he was allowed to get it. It's because it, it was uh, it was it was able to have its own room, and then the IRA blew That's it up. That's nuts. Uh, the mouse. Yeah. Oh no, that's a sad. Planted a tiny little tail. firecracker. Did, did they get confused and think it was a mole? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. They blew. They, they blew up that building, so they had them. Obviously, had to move out. Obviously, that's a crazy had, number, I think, though. I think my dad's had two of his houses blown up. That's unlucky. The other one was a tailor's in uh, what was it? What's the street? The street beside the Northern Wig. North Street. So your problem, your problem there with your dad was he was constantly Wearing living in places right in the center, city center. I know, of Belfast I know, like where, right, where the, like yeah. Dropping, you couldn't, you couldn't bombs. get, you could not get more central if you try, unless you were living I, in city I, hall. I, in, in my head, he's he's packed his bags and he's moved out of the second place that he's bombed, been bombed into, and he's turned to your mom and he's gone right. I think there's a room free in the Orange Order. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> and she's going, no! And the, the nearest uh, Orange Hall in the city centre. Let's go. When the tailors got blown up, mm-hmm. my uh, my granddad ran out. It was it was early in the morning. I think it, I think it might have went off early. Um, it was early in the morning. And he ran he ran out and came back in and, and was like, no, don't don't let the kids look outside because there was just body parts everywhere. And then he thought, uh, hold on. Who's who's in the tailors at like two in the morning? And he went out and it was mannequins. All the mannequins. They were mannequins. That's <laughs> 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 oh, funny. So, um, Scott, how have you been? Have you are you um, coping okay? Two young I'm children. Co- yeah, I'm coping. No, we're, like we're. Co- I'm coping fine. It's just like I haven't had a break. My work work has mm. not work has not stopped. Um, I, that's amazing. I, yes, so I've 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 booked a holiday, a ho- holiday in quotes. Yeah, yeah. I, I, we're going away for three days. We're going to go and stay in a yurt. We're going to camp in a big old yurt. Wow, um, that sounds like the least the least relaxing kind of holiday there is. Oh, it looks amazing! I can't wait. I, and at uh, night we stayed and we stayed in a in a little. She fancied the idea of like there was a place that they did yurts and they did all sorts of things. But one of the things they had was a, a little cabin, or like a, a cabin that rotated, so you could rotate oh, the cabin for the views no. that you liked. Oh, she did not like that. <laughs> she we got in there for Who one would? hour, and like ten minutes. She was going, "This will be great. This will be able to rotate the cabin, so you can see as the sunset. You can turn it to watch the sunrise. You can, you know, it'll be amazing." And she you got know what else a, you can do? Turn your fucking head. <laughs> Nathan ran. Nathan turned the cabin like just a little mi- millimeter, and he should go. Oh no, I feel sick. Oh, I can't do this. <laughs> so no, ended no up thanks. Down. <laughs> no. Ended up locking the time. Amazing. <laughs> yeah, so we're going. Uh, uh, well, we're so well. We're supposed to be going to uh, to Limavady, just uh, up near the um, 
at uh, McGilligan where you can get the ferry across into Donegal. Mm-hmm. Oh, I've um, been Donegal. You've been, or or I'll be in Donegal next week. I'm going next week. Well, I'm not going next week. I've ne- I've only I've been to Donegal once for for a work. I had to go film for work thing at Donegal. Like, health, my health card. I don't know. Well, from uh, I don't know what the date is. You're, you're going to need a green card to to drive in the in the Republic for, if you're oh, from the north. I... No, I don't have what? a green card. A what now? If you if you're going to drive in the south, you've got to have a special green card saying you you're entitled to drive in the south. It's for insurance purposes. So if you get in the accident, you don't have your green card. The insurance company will put it up you. Oh, I don't think that sake. kicks in till for a little while. I don't think it kicks in till post something or other. But um, it might be the first of January. You never know. Yeah. But, uh, uh, well, first of January this, this year whole, or next year. Well, I don't know. I think it's next year. This whole I'm beginning well, to think this whole year, Brexit right. thing. This whole Brexit thing was not a good idea. So it's what I'm coming around to. It seems slowly poorly thought out. Yeah. I, well, I'm, it's beginning to feel like some of the things that we were told were absolute nonsense. Some I miss panicking about Brexit. Oh, <laughs> it'll, be, it'll be back. I wouldn't worry about it. Yeah, it J- January 2021, then you'll need your green card. Oh, yeah. All right, okay, fine. I mean, I'm going like three what, weeks. What you're saying there is, is I miss the roar of the tiger as... As I'm as I'm crushed by the stampede of elephants, it's kind of I, I, it's, yeah. it's still happening. It's still happening. It's just it's it's less. You I know, mean, Brexit's Brexit's le- not so much a tiger. It's like a a gnat, like an annoying gnat. Just right? like no, it's it's uh, buzzing <laughs> around. I think it's going to be a lot worse than that once we once we finally see what what all shakes out. I don't know. It's all oh, it's just. It's just too much. Like this year has just had too much happening in it. Like we we seem to have crammed twelve years into this year, and I'm I'm not fond of it. I like a year in a nice slow movement, slowly, steadily increasing day by day, one day after another. I mean, we're in August. At some like January was like nine months long. February seemed to last yeah, ten days. This, this is the slowest moving year I think I've ever experienced. Oh, I don't know what these are all smoking. This lockdown has fucking flown by. <laughs> it feels like a, no, I, like I haven't seen the days go in. Yeah, you've been super busy. I've been busy too, but it's not. I mean, I've been going manic, kind of worrying about work and stuff, and think, have I got enough work on? Have I not got enough work on? And it's just, ugh. I and I, I got a really brilliant system down that was allowing me to not panic about work and make sure that I got to do things I wanted to do and I got work done, got to do things I wanted to do. I earned a, a certain amount. It's probably not just enough, but it was. It meant I could latch onto my sanity. And then pandemic hits and suddenly I'm basically trying to pour as much into the pint pot as I can in a kind of panic of, oh my God, are we going to survive this? Are we going to survive this? And the weird thing is, like right now, genuinely, my bank my bank account has never had so much money in it, but at the same time, I'm more panicked about money than I've ever been before in my life. So much so, I'm looking for an accountant <laughs> this year for the first time. Super exciting. Well, yeah, there does, there does seem to be an awful lot of industries that are very concerned right now that they're they're just never going to recover. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I mean, anything with crowds is just not going to recover. Yeah. They, and we, we got a refund for our Disneyland tickets, but Annette was saying that because uh, she's keeping an eye on what's happening in Disneyland and lots of people are complaining about the prices from next year, which are shooting way up. 
because you know because if the the she's just saying Disneyland looks amazing this year because there's no crowds anywhere they've got little specific things set up you can go and do things and but I think they're only letting people from France in so it's, it's you know but from next year they'll let everyone in from the world and then suddenly it's like yeah, well, yeah you know they, they, everyone's got to keep socially distanced and it's that's uh, a nightmare it or can be done I mean have, have you been to any social gatherings recently where there are any children at them at all Oh yeah, every everyone my kids are at. No, um, have I? No, I haven't. But I do know. I mean, you can't keep kids away from each no, other. I, I went to a barbecue with some friends, and we all we all kept our distance. But the ones who had kids, like those, are just you know just spreading disease amongst themselves. Yeah. Did you see? Did you see the outbreak that happened? That was basically over a karaoke uh, party. Was this in Limavady? Yes, yeah, yeah. They all socially distanced, but then they all licked the same microphone. <laughs> just you want to eat that mic to make sure you can really hear it you want to yeah. just eat it just yeah just shove it in your mouth eat it really eat it that's the best way to get people to hear what you're singing okay i'll do that then i'm supposed to really <laughs> let rip with living on a prayer without stuffing the whole thing in my mouth oh i do really could live on a prayer <laughs> <laughs> do you miss singing ron do you miss it I do actually do you miss performing or do you miss i mean would you sing on your own or would you you prefer to be sort of I, I, in front I was of crowd? on my own about an hour ago. I was I was trying to figure out what my vocal range was. I was oh, reading I, an article I, I, about. Yeah, I saw you post about that. And what, and what is your of, vocal range? It seemed to be well, like a, a a letter and a number, but I didn't understand it. Well, the letter is the note, and the number after it is the octave in which that note occurs down the keyboard. I so will be lowest. honest with you, Ron, and say I understand it even no more than I did a second ago. <laughs> <laughs> I've never understood music. I genuinely never understood music when I was when I was about fourteen or fifteen and started uh, computer programming. I there was a uh, a thing about audio and how to how to how audio works in a computer. And I would just stare at it, going, "I don't understand any of this." But everything else, I could I just instantly understood it. But the audio stuff, I just I just could not grasp. I think it's because. Because it's it's not like like if I were to say to you, you you get the color green by painting you know by putting yellow and blue together. That seems nice and simple, but there is not a kind of you get the color green by putting yellow and blue together over a set amount of time. That the, there's a decay that happens that makes that color change. And whereas that's sort of what music seems to do. It seems to change linearly over time, and I can't grasp it in my head at all. Like how do you? How come people aren't all singing out of order? I mean, what's going on there? Well, I mean, you know, there's there's plenty of YouTube videos describing what music is in scientific <laughs> terms, but but yeah, every every note has a has a a frequency value, and <laughs> you know, every every eight or every sorry every twelve notes or eight no, it's like thirteen notes or so. Those those values kind of sync up, and that's an octave. You know, so okay. like, you've got you've got a low C, and then I'm you know the next C up, and then all the C's are kind of see that's because I feel like I feel like I was expecting to, when I was younger expecting music to be something that that I'd understand, and it always seemed like vaguely like magic, and I just couldn't wrap my head around it. But there's a science to it, and there's a there's like mathematics in it and stuff. Well, and well I there think is, but as soon as I, you start applying mathematics to it, um, it it breaks down a little bit because. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's not really done the way that it's, it's done because there, 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 there aren't enough letters. Yeah, like if you if oh, you start okay. applying like an actual mathematical formula to the notes, there's 22 frets it, on a guitar all, and there's six strings. You know, not yeah. not not every one of those. And they they all make a different sound. 
not every mm. one of those can be this can have their own designation basically here's how here's how, how idiotic and stupidly naive i am about music my brother john lent my son nathan a guitar uh he showed him how to tune it and he took it home and so nathan's been trying to learn the guitar and i went in and i i strummed the guitar and out came a note like like an actual like a, like the like the music you'd get from a guitar Right, and I thought if I strummed it, it would get like a different sound, but it was exactly the same sound you'd expect from a guitar. <laughs> so, in, in in a way that I think, I think if I give if I give you a pen, if I drew a line and then give you a pen, and I said I've this is the tool, the tool draws a line like that. You do that, and I give you the pen, you would not be able to mimic the line, right? Yeah, Whereas but, with but, the guitar, but, uh, if you that, strum that it, that analogy breaks down completely because. <laughs> It's not the pencil or the pen making the the movement. The, the pencil is just an extension of your arm. Yeah, yeah, I know, but that's what I mean. That's that, that, but the, like a guitar is like no. there. <laughs> I don't. I don't understand it. I don't. If you look at a guitar music. string and just look at that as you know, from where it's from One, the end yeah. to the end that it's connected at, mm-hmm. and then you you ping that guitar string. Yeah. The frequency is is the waveform of yeah, that, that guitar string. Yeah, it made a, it made like a noise, and it was nice. Yeah. And I was expecting you, it to make a you, noise and for it to sound like. And if you put your finger on the fretboard and shorten yeah. the length of the guitar string, you get a higher note because it's got less less space to vibrate, so it it vibrates at a higher range. Sort of higher, right? Higher frequency, yeah. right? Okay. And if you okay. if you have a camera that can that can sync the frame rate, you can actually see the waveform. You know, um, slow down completely. You know, and you can. So, how does that make noise? Well, it vibrates that vibrates the air around it, and then that goes into your ears, and your ears transmit, <laughs> transmit that vibration into. It's the, it's into the a time. Noise. It's the fact there's a there's a time aspect to it. I think is 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 the bit that really baffles me. That I just can't wrap my head around it all. Well, it's, the frequency well, it's, is it's how many same, times something vibrates in one second. Yeah, it's a wave. Yeah. It's the same. If you, if you drop a stone in a in a, in the sea, the ripples don't continue forever. They don't continue forever. I'm getting all Confucius here. Do you think that if you in the way that sound <laughs> no, works in your head, no. if you say a word, does that continue forever? Well, if I write a letter, if I write the letter A. Oh my God. Gone. No, they, no, these aren't comparable. No, it's got up. No, these two. No, these two things aren't even in the same realm. No, no, it doesn't because I can put it in a drawer. The mark you make on a paper does not have a temporal existence. <laughs> I didn't think this is where this show was going to go tonight. No, I think the P- I think that PJ is sad that the things that he says out of his mouth aren't kept in the ether. Forever. <laughs> yeah, you think he's trying to? Where's that joke I said earlier? Oh, there it is. There. <laughs> I think it's maybe it's because Hannah's just texted me and asked, "Are you having an argument? You're shouting." <laughs> she never tell, heard tell her you're explaining before. sound to PJ. We're trying to explain basic <laughs> primary school science principles to PJ. <laughs> oh, oh God. Am I a special case? Am I? I I'm just. I, mean, I, I. I want to think I'm just the average boring person, but sometimes I worry I'm like a special case, and not in a good way. You're not, not a special not case like, because because you're not allowed. We're not allowed to call them special cases anymore. <laughs> That's not politically correct. No, what I'm not, I mean in a in a like. <laughs> 
Oh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I'm feeling very self-conscious about how loud I am. I, I mean, what, what you're talking about is a, it's a pretty interesting subject because a lot of people take various things for granted. And if you pushed most people to explain what, what is sound, what is music, they wouldn't be able to explain it to you. No. No. I don't think like, it's Do I like this song or I like that song? I don't think most people would assume that when they speak it goes on forever. I, that, look, that's a thing you made up. That's not a thing I said. I said, no. I've never. This one of the things I struggle with about music is that there's a temporal element to it, which I don't quite grasp. That's that's the problem I have. I, I, you know, like if I was doing computer graphics, I could understand vector graphics and 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 x y z positions. And if you plot a point on a screen, I can understand it's there permanently. Yeah, but if you're doing if you're doing graphics, you can only zoom in so far, right? Yeah, before yeah. the before before the, the the line starts to break up. No, it's the same with no, sound. No, before, before, well, yeah, yeah. If you draw well, if you draw a straight line on on a graphic, you can only zoom in so far before it'll start to break up and you'll start to get pixelation, and then but, it, but it is no a, longer like there's, like there's a temporal sort of build up to music where where you can like so the, a single note lasts for a certain length of time. And then you can re- you can play that, and then that sequence of music can last for a certain length of time, and then you can overlap that and replay it and stuff and that. So, but like, who decides how long it lasts? <laughs> Whoever's writing the song. Well, it's not done by accident. I'll tell you that. But why are all the notes the same length? That's what. But, it, what, but what you're describing? They're not always, I mean, they're not always you, the same. You can't what describe you that about? in a computer. You you can tell a computer to generate a tone yes. of a certain frequency for a cer- for a certain length of time. Yes. You can say, "Give me a give me a seven hundred seven hundred hertz and tone." And all, all that does is for is, three is seconds. Plots, and it plots goes, effectively a, a kind of spiral, or like a, a sine wave of noise yeah. that but is at a, at a constant. The notes aren't always the same length. So hum and hum any song. Literally, pick know. a song. Hum any song. Do, 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 do. Okay, so you're yeah, none of those notes are the same length. Do, do, do. <laughs> <laughs> but how short were they? I mean, how short's a note? At what point is a note so short that it's too short that it can no longer be measured as a note? Uh, I don't think anybody has ever overthought music like this. <laughs> well, okay. I mean, what level? What level do you want me to go into here? I mean, like, have you ever you've seen That's music written down? Yeah, I've seen it. Yeah, I've seen it written down. Little tadpoles. Okay, so music music is done on what's called a time signature. So yeah. most times, the time signature that most people understand is four four, which is one two three four one two three. Yeah. Four. Why is it not one two three four one two three four? That's the tempo. Be one two three four one two three four. You can have a, you can have a tempo like that. Okay, so and that's that's time the decision and tempo you make as a composer of a piece of yes. music to set the tempo yeah. one. The tempo seconds. is is generally worked out these days in beats per minute. So okay. you can say if something's eighty beats per minute, it's quite slow and languorous. Something that's one hundred and sixty would be quite fast. You know. So, okay. Okay. Uh, inside that, you've got your your time signature, which is how many measures there are per bar. So again, four by f- four four What's is a bar? four measures. A bar is a, is a single unit of a piece of music. Okay. So it's a single right of of so that that would be a whole tune. Or would it yeah, be like well, a, no, a bar? A bar is like that's probably two bars. You know, I mean, I I admire that you went for Anita Dobson's lyrics there. That was very admirable. I was very, I got quite concerned people would know that I know that I know the words. 
so a time signature is how many beats in a bar, right? Uh-huh. And a bar and, and a piece of music can be any number of bars long. Okay. The composer basically stops adding bars when he's finished doing okay. the music. Okay. Right. I'm, I'm getting so, that. Right. I understand. And there's different time signatures. So, um, like as I said, four four is the most common time signature. Any dance music you hear is in four four time. So, you know, so what's 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 four four mean? Is that like four things on four, four things? Four, four but what's why is there two fours? Why is it why is it four four and not just four? Because well, the standard standard play in um in concert music is is a four measure, and they're saying there's four beats in this four measure bar. Now sometimes there's three beats in a measure bar, and that's called waltz time. So that goes one two three, one two three, one two three, one two three. That's a waltz. Okay, I recognize that. Definitely recognize the waltz. that's the Blue Danube. Most famous for 2001, Space Odyssey. Well, and it's also the most famous waltz there is. So that's in three four time. So that's which is known as waltz time. So I mean. And inside that, you've got four beats in a bar. Now, every single beat on that can be represented by what's called a crotchet, which is a single note. So, so crotchet is maybe if you have, if you had four crotchets in a in a bar, that's four notes: one, two, three, four. Okay. Da, 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 da. That's okay. Four notes. Okay. But you can break them down to uh, a quaver, which is half of a crotchet. So you can do like that's ah. Notes. So so that would be like da, 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 that's four and or. Well, rather than going, there you go, you know, in the same time. Yeah. So it's just half it. And then you get, and then you can break those down even further. You've got semi quavers and, and. That's very complicated. That's just math. You know, that bit's easy. And I've forgotten a lot of the music theory that I was taught when I was younger. But, but you know, I mean, none of that is absolutely necessary to compose songs, you know, unless you want to explain it, what you've composed to someone else. I've, I've, been in very few bands that where people read music, hmm. and and I am an oddity in that <laughs> I can I can read music, but I can't play music very well. Okay, but I can read music on a page because uh-huh. I did you know music theory was just maths. Yeah, you know. So okay. I, I did that whenever I was um maybe thirteen fourteen. I did all my I've got I've got I've done music theory exams up to like the highest level, uh-huh. but. I was never particularly good at playing things. I just don't have. I just never had the finger dexterity, and I've pre- never practiced. So hmm. I thought but, you were. Um, did you not play the guitar? No, I play the guitar very, very badly, and I play piano <laughs> very, very badly. And but you but, still enjoy doing those things. Yes, I do. Okay, I enjoy making music. I enjoy generating music that hasn't existed before, and I'm playing something new. Yeah, I sometimes feel like that's that's the one aspect of creativity I've never gone anywhere near. Apart from humming, you know, singing along to sing the things and, and stuff, and and then I am always suddenly very self conscious if I'm singing and somebody annoyingly tries to join in. <laughs> you know that when you're singing a song and somebody goes and you go, no, 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 I don't want this anymore. No, no, I regret well, this. If, if you want the experience of playing music that hasn't been played before and just to get the experience of what that's like, I would suggest. Um, Installing the latest version of the Garage Band app, uh, sorry, app for the iPad. I have it. The, I have. I, I, it's always it's always pleasant to press a couple of the buttons. And then, well, I think there's a live loop option in there, and if you open the live loop section, it gives you like a grid of. Um, yeah. I think it's about nine by nine, mm-hmm. and if you play any of the individual things in there, you'll get a little snippet of music. Yeah. But if you hit play, it it loops through those sort of left to right. Yeah. And as you play it, all the bits of music in that grid will go together. <laughs> and each stack, if you hit the button at the bottom, 
everything uh-huh. in that stack plays. And you can make really interesting bits of music that, because you're almost randomly playing through it, you know, yeah. it's, it's never been heard before. You know, it, it's kind of yeah. There, kind there's of cool, like you know? there, there's other smart instruments in Garage. I don't know if it's probably changed, but there were smart instruments. You could pick yeah. a smart guitar and it would show you a fret, and then you could you could twist the wee knob to make the smartness increase, and uh, so it would go yeah. from playing a uh, boop. Boop, boop, to play boop, 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 like that. It, it well, would I mean, the clever thing that it did was you could tell it what key to play in, mm-hmm. and a key is basically a bunch of notes that sound good together. Okay, you know, so so if you're in the key of say E, it'll only give you uh, strings to play that'll sound good in that key. Ah, right, right. And that goes so back that to your thing earlier. You were saying about what your vocal range is, then, because you want you want a vocal range similar to that key. Well, no, vocal range is, is, oh, is no. very, very, vocal range, <laughs> like in, in the most basic terms, is how low I can sing and how high I can sing. Okay. You still That's hear it. Scott, yeah? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so at the very low end, I can go low. Okay. How low can you go, Scott? Let's hear you. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> And, and the very high end is harder to do because you know I can I can sing high, but I can sing loud. I can sing higher when I sing louder, so I can't really do it in the house. Ah, uh, yeah. So, uh, how full throttle are you allowed to go in the house? Like, oh, I, you... I never sing as loud in the house as I can sing. That would be that would be unbearable for the neighbours who don't give a <laughs> shit because they have parties all the time. But but yeah, I, I I sing loud in the car. Yeah, Scott, do you miss your band? Did you miss playing in a band? I miss, uh, yeah, I guess I miss the I miss the I don't miss like driving to driving to gigs and like I just miss I just miss playing and I miss the uh, the practice because the camaraderie. Yeah, that's what yeah, I, I mean. I camaraderie, used. camaraderie is like yeah, sure, but like even if I even if I was in a alone band which i wouldn't because i can't sing but like i miss because i was in a band i was hang on hang on hang on hang on hang on what's the difference between a lone band and somebody who just sings on their own is there a difference no 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 okay he means if he was like a solo artist i know so little about music that could have been a thing i don't know no no, no. No, um like being in a band forced me to have to practice because i had to be like note perfect yeah yeah. um okay and and were you? Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm not particularly good. I, I can't improvise and, and all that kind of stuff. But if you teach me a song, I will learn mm. it down pat, and that's fine. But once I finished okay. the band, like, I didn't have any reason to keep practicing, and I've barely lifted a guitar since. Mm. Mm. Um, because why? Yeah, I mean, I think making music is very different to making art in terms of in terms of um, the collaborative experience, because making music it generally happens all at once. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and your well, collaboration happens, happens at the very best it. happens in live time with other people. Which whereas is you know, making artwork, people obviously happens in steps and stages. And, it happens. And, I mean, I suppose if you want to uh, close the analogy with with music, it's more like cutting a record, where people can hear it after you've done it, and it isn't really complete until it's cut as a record. It's you know it's I mean for me anyway for draw, drawing comics especially are are all about that finished product rather than the the doing of it. There's no jamming session as it were. There's no there's not an awful lot of spontaneity except what you're doing. Um, well, but I do speaking wanna, of finished products, mm-hmm? 
what is happening with Folklore Thursday? Oh, yeah, well, um, well, there's some stuff I can't talk about. Uh, there's stuff I, I want to do. Uh, so Folklore Thursday is the weekly uh, one-page folklore comic that me and John Rappian have been doing. Uh, this Thursday, as you're listening... If you want to hear more about it, we did, we did an episode where we talk, chatted to John about it like w- months ago. You know, yeah, so. yeah. Um, so, yeah, the thing is, we've come to the end of year one. <laughs> uh, it was started as a kind of... Um, me just finishing, uh, I think I'd just finished the end of Drawing the War stuff. And it was like, oh, I've got a bit of free time here. I could do something else for a bit. And uh, I was kind of looking for something to do. And I stumbled across one of John's tweets, which I drew as a comic strip. And it was like, well, this is really a nice way to do something. This is a, like, John doesn't have to write a full comic. I just pick up uh, 250 characters and I can make that a comic and it actually, it can be quite poetic. It can be uh, quite nice. And we talked about doing something else and, and John was tweeting stuff about folklore anyway. So we've been doing for a year, one comic, at least one page a week for the last year. But our plan was always to do one year of it and then stop and do something else. Um, and, uh, the, the the original plan was to do something else that was more long form to kind of take, let's see if we can. So what we did was it was one page a week. And it, I suppose it was a bit like jamming. It was a bit like jazz improv. It was, you know, John would write something and then I would take that and I would not with no prompts from John beyond what was written on the tweet. I would take that and turn it into a comic strip. And sometimes that would be me going, well, let's take this Wikipedia like entry and write a story around it. And so you have the juxtaposition of the two. And sometimes it was, let's take this bit of poetic bit of text and put a single image beside that because that might work well. Um, so, you know, it was, an, it was a nice kind of, um, I didn't have to think too hard. It was like I'd basically make it up each time. So the plan was to, on the second year was to kind of see if we can do a story that would take us through a whole year, one page a week, a complete, you know, one one related story taking us through the entire year. I don't quite know how we would have would have done that, um, and and it's still the plan to do that. Um, I think it might have ended up being John writing three months in advance or something, and then him giving me a kind of writer prompt or a prompt that I would then draw, and he would, you know, he would have dialogue or something, something like that. It would be it would be trying to minimise the amount of work required. Because reading a script is is time consuming, so reading it and then trying to figure out what you're going to draw is time consuming. Reading a, a short paragraph and going, "Oh, I could draw this," that is much faster. Um, so, but that's not what's happening because we it's just pandemic and we just it didn't get a chance to sit down and think about what we we're going to do. So instead, for the moment, we're, we're doing uh, we're going to be doing a thing, um, which this will be the first time I've even mentioned it, but it'll be um, Wednesday intermission. And it's essentially we're going to take uh, we're going to do the same thing we've been doing with folklore, but it'll be about anything. It'll be a much wider open thing. It'll be you know one week it might be a short story, the next week it might be a maths puzzle. I don't know. Uh, it could be anything. Uh, and we're going to do that on a Wednesday. And the idea is that it's a midweek break for everyone. You, you put a twist on it there. What's that? <laughs> <laughs> it's a different day it's a different day well yeah well, i didn't want to put it out on a thursday because folklore thursday was already happening anyway um and i don't want 
like the thing is we piggybacked on the back of a thing that already existed folklore thursday was already happening we piggybacked on the back of that um and i don't necessarily want to overstep my boundaries on it i don't want to kind of go we're thursday's our day now for this but wednesday also feels like you know what it's the middle of the week it's a hump you know it's the hump day let's put something as an intermission for the week let's put something as a little marker to say every wednesday you're getting something here so that's that's the plan um John has got a bunch of short story things that he's been doing, you know, that have never really found a home. Um, all writers do. All writers have a big file of ideas and stories that have just never got to the stage where they can pay, you know, where someone can be paid to draw them or, or whatever. So we'll see. I mean, it could well be that, that he'll go, look, here's one thing here. And I go, oh, that's a five page story. Let's do that one page a week or let's try and knock that all into one page. Let's see what we can do. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure. I mean, some of the things we may end up doing is I might say, Justin, let's do Frankenstein in one page. Let's see if we can do that for a laugh. You know, stuff that John knows quite well anyway, anyway inside out. Let's see if we can press a, the entirety of Dracula down into one paragraph, and I will try and draw that. Let's do that for the crack, just for the hell of it. So um, so we'll see. I mean, the thing is, when, I started, when we started Folklore Thursday, it was like, um, will this get beyond day two? <laughs> week two i don't know we'll just do it and see what happens we'll see what happens it's, it's like i keep thinking of his of the dread pirate roberts uh bit where where um what do you call him he is he's he's talking about um when the when the original dread pirate roberts took him on as a cabin boy and he says to him every night he says well that'll do i'll most likely kill you in the morning but we'll see and and it's like that it's like we you know probably not do it next week but at the same time maybe we will we'll just have to see so they but the the folklore thursday stuff we we plan to get a book out of it so it's all like there's enough material there for a book um we've been chatting to a couple of publishers uh they're generally small press publishers which is fine but um the thing that you find with small press publishers is distribution isn't massive so, you know, you may find yourself sold in a couple of obscure bookshops in London, which is great. They may sell, you know, a decent amount, but you're not going to make an awful lot of money. But I mean, enough people have asked about Kickstarter that there's a good chance that we're going to do a Kickstarter with it. I, I, I mean, uh, I'm, and I've been talking to a friend of mine who's a graphic designer, so we're going to chat about it and see where that goes. So it's we will have definitely, um, I'd like to kind of, um, I'd like to come back on the on the first week that it doesn't exist and say hey everyone come and do this on our kickstarter but that's not going to happen so but 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 there there are plans there for doing something with it um i mean do you know what it's it's we when i started it um a year ago uh, i also wanted to do another project that was definitely going to be kickstarter with a friend of mine and we talked about it and talked about it never did a thing with it and it just didn't happen and this one did and sometimes that's what happens with projects some things you kind of think are going to go somewhere and some are going to go, you think are going to go nowhere. And then you never quite know which ones are going to take off and, and do something with like our podcast. Like the story of this show. <laughs> yeah, very much. I mean, there's Scott still here too. Look at him. <laughs> well, Scott, so, anything interesting there to you, Scott? No. What, from what you said? Yeah. No. Any thoughts? <laughs> <laughs> Scott has two moods, absolutely. Like my toaster, totally burnt or no interest in it whatsoever. That's <laughs> Toasters are based on time. <laughs> no, they're not. I've told you this before. <laughs> it's a heated element. 
So, uh, what else has been happening? Well, we'll, we'll, we're probably at the stage where we could talk about picks of the week. All right, I have a pick of the week. Can I go first? I've got a a really cool pick of the week. Uh, I have got a book here. It is called Landscapes of the Detectorists. So the Detectorists, uh, I'm sure you're familiar, but for anyone who is, the Detectorists is a TV show written by... um, written by, what's his name? Um, oh, God, what's his name? Mackenzie Troop from The Office and famously... And the Detectorist? What? Uh, what? And the Detectorist. And the Detectorist. And the Detectorist. Uh, well, yeah, but if you haven't seen The Detectorist, you won't know this. But Mackenzie Cook wrote and directed uh, The Detectorist. It's about two metal detectorists, and it's just them ambling about in the countryside and stumbling across stuff. But there's a kind of an undercurrent of British folklore, uh, and and it's quite funny, and it's very gentle, I think, as well, but also really nice. And and it's beautifully shot. It's, like, really beautifully shot. I mean, they, they really kind of... Like, I've I've written essays on my blog on just the framing uh, of the shots in, in The Detectorist because there's such such great storytelling going on in such simple ways. And, you know, even shots where um, you have characters standing beside each other, but there's a tree right down the middle, and the, the landscape is allowing the cinematographer to frame that in such a way that you can tell there's differences and divisions between the characters just by by the placement of, of the... the um, the trees and things around them uh, and there's these gorgeous low shots where you get so much sky and a friend of mine said you know part of the reason that works is because it feels what, what it it feels like what it was like when you were a child in the summer and in, in, in the countryside because the shot is so low there's so much sky that's the angle you would have seen that at as a child you would have seen lots of sky mm. i mean obviously at my height that I, I still get to see lots of sky but that's that, that's lovely. But so there is a book which uh, I can't remember where I saw somebody tweet about it. And it's a book by a publisher called Uniform Books, Uniform Books. And it's called Landscapes of the Detectorist. And it's a series of essays about the TV show. Uh, but they're all kind of there's essays on things like the um, surveying the deep past. And, and they're interspersed with photographs of, of the TV show. But they're kind of serious essays examining it. And they're examining the British folklore and they're examining um, comedy as well. So they're covering the TV show from all these different angles, and it's a really kind of it's just it's one. I think it's a really great TV show. I don't think um, I don't think I think I quite miss that it's not on anymore. And I think it'll be one of those shows that stand the test of time. Twenty thirty years now, it will it will be enshrined as a as a classic of telly. But that's a good book. I think it's an introduction okay. by Mackenzie Crook as well. So there. Scott, what do you got? I have two television programs. Of course you One, do, because you do nothing but watch telly. Yeah. <laughs> um, One on the iPlayer, which is I May Destroy You. Oh, um, right, yes. Yeah, I've been meaning to watch this. Oh, it's incredible. It's <clears throat> absolutely I, incredible. So I'm I gonna st- look I've, started, uh, I've started watching her first series, which is Bubblegum, which is also on the iPlayer. Chewing Gum. Chewing gum, that's the one. Chewing gum. That's, yeah. And it's on Netflix. <laughs> it's not on the iPad, yes. it's also on Netflix. Chewing gum. So it's um, Michaela Cole, who is the writer, director, star in both of these series. But I May Destroy You is a 12 part, I think they're half hour episodes, series looking at, mostly looking at sexual assault in various guises across um, a spectrum of what. This is quite obviously sexual assault, and then things that are 
I think to some to some people, maybe not to everybody, to some people uh, would be, oh, I didn't realize that that is the same as this, or um, you know, questions or questions around consent, and mm. but at the same time, it's 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 still very funny. It's very moving. Her performance is terrific, um, as is the performance by her the girl who plays her best friend, who is Waruchi Opia. They're all really really good, and it's it is a tough watch in places, but it's it's well worth it. It's fantastic. So yeah, I may destroy you on the iPlayer, and the other one is the reboot slash reimagining of Perry Mason. Oh yeah. Oh okay. actually I've heard people talk about that. that. It's terrific. Like, right. It's not it's not at all what I imagined early Perry Mason would have would have looked like. I remember watching original Perry Mason. Yeah, there's there's no standing around in courtrooms banging on, banging on the on the desk. You know it's uh, it's it doesn't seem to be the same character for a lot of it. <laughs> yeah, and I, I mean, I've never, I've never read the books. Obviously, I, I only ever remember because my grandparents used to watch it. It doesn't. I mean, I'm not even sure that uh, does the timeline even fit. I mean, this this feels like just post, just ever so slightly post war. Yeah, it's post World so it's War period, One. Isn't it's it? a period piece. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a, it's yeah, a period it's, piece. It's and, between uh, the wars. It stars what's what's the guy's name? The lead guy from the Americans, Matthew Reese. Matthew Reese who's brilliant in it, and it's got John Lithgow and the girl from Orphan Black, whose name I forget, T- uh, Tatiana Maslany. Oh, yeah, yeah. But, uh, those, the- are two show- those are two shows that you've picked there, I think are shows that I would often see discussed by writers, which is interesting. They're writer yeah, shows. Yeah. Really well I mean, I, shows. I, yeah, I enjoy stuff. I enjoy stuff like that. The, 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 the good thing, or the, the plus side, again, on both of them, is it just so happens that they're both gorgeous to look at like Perry yeah. Mason looks stunning the cinematography the color grading just everything about it is is amazing and I'm really enjoying it and I'm hoping that it doesn't start to suck which seems to have been yeah. a uh, well it's a it's a mini series isn't it so it's not intended to come back for a second season no I don't think no I don't think so I think this is a one a one and done story but it will it's an HBO as show a, as, a, as another story but it's not it's, it's it's intended to be a complete yeah. story at the end of this season. Where can you see that, Scott? Is it only available uh, on HBO, HBO Go? It's an HBO series, so it means it's on Sky Atlantic and anywhere that you can okay. get Sky Atlantic. Um, so, yes, I would seek both of those out. Okay. okay. I've got a bit of a, a, an off-the-wall pick this time. It's a, It's a particular YouTube video that I watched last night. Which was a um, a long form, I'm going to say essay by YouTube creator Jenny Nicholson, and it's about the history of the Brony culture. Which, oh right, <laughs> that's, that's the, my little it's, it's basically the birth and death of a fandom. So she goes into the details of how as, as Brony, Brony culture, culture died because I mean it was taken over by Nazis for a while, wasn't it? There was a or yeah. A she, strong... she goes into the whole thing and how you know it, it, it how it started as a sort of a. a ironic joke and how it became sincere and how it sort of developed into its own mini industry and then how it sort of mutated into having its own conventions BronyCon and then how it, how it eventually becomes like almost like a, sec- a sexuality for an awful mm. lot of people you know and, and she goes into all this stuff and, and she's a really funny YouTuber I mean any of her videos are, are quite funny she kind of um, reviews and assesses pop culture 
um, from a from a pretty unique perspective. But her and she has her own sort of a intersection with the 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 My Little Pony fandom herself. I mean, she is she does she contributed stuff to what that culture embraced back in the day. She's kind of mildly embarrassed about it now herself. But it's about an hour and twenty minutes, and it's pretty engaging and funny to watch. And she. She's just really, really funny on the subject. So I recommend that, and there'll be a link to that in the show notes. Okay. All right. Well, that's our show then. We did. We did one, boys. Yay! Yeah. Well, it's been a while. John McRae's over, you know, in Belfast at the moment. Um, and I'm. I, we all can't meet up and do a podcast. I know. I know. I mean, at some point we'll be able to get back into the same room again, will we? Do you think, Ron? How do you feel about that? I mean, possibly. We'll, I mean, we'll, we we'll see do, how it works out. We could do it now, but it's about how comfortable you are with that sort of thing. Oh, yeah, not I'm not use the same mic. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's that's. Uh, but I, I don't feel that that's anything to do with the uh, pandemic, Scott. No, I'd rather I'd rather be in the same room. Like, <laughs> okay, I'm okay. Listening to well, we'll see. I mean, I, I could have a, a new house by the time that even happens. You know, <laughs> that's yeah. true. That's true. Anyway, that's our show. Uh, hopefully, we'll have another one. Yes. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to support the Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Sunnyside Podcast. Thanks for sticking and, with uh, us uh, through Patreon, even if we haven't had a show out every week for the past yeah, I, X number yeah, of months. I have to apologize about that. I mean, I know there's people who contribute to the, the Patreon every month, and we've been under delivering. And not yeah. even over-promising. We haven't even been really talking <laughs> to you that much. Yeah. yeah. And I think you all understand why. There's just there just is less to talk about. There's less to kind of... Um, you I don't think there's less to talk about so much as the will to talk is slowly... A, it's Even I'm finding it a struggle to kind of talk sometimes. Well, yeah. I, I definitely think, you know, my my ability to socialise has been severely hampered by by this. I mean, I see generally one person all day long and that's Susie and mm. when, whenever I do see anyone else I'm just like bleh, bleh, bleh. <laughs> I've forgotten oh. how to deal with this <laughs> <laughs> hello other human help help me Susie help all right, I will guys. say from a positive point of view that it, you know I mean it's it's kind of gratifying when you spend all your time with someone to go oh, I actually quite like this person so, yeah. yeah and you don't find so yourself if wanting we, to if strangle Susie them Susie you know? could say the same yeah, I can't speak for Susie on this at all. <laughs> all right, guys, see you later. Bye bye, bye everyone. Bye bye. Bye bye. bye. bye.